While we were marching through Georgia, everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. The Alaman left for the old left hand, around the ring you go. A grand old right to left walk on your heel and toe. Promenade that pretty gal to Georgia. As we enter into a new series of episodes, I still want to concentrate on the stories of people that make up Northeast Georgia, but I also want to explore some of the things that make Northeast Georgia the community it is. I'm not from here, so I still consider this podcast to be Northeast Georgia for dummies, where I'm the dummy. I want to explore some topics that will have a connection to Northeast Georgia, but that also may apply further afield. Just like the episodes on the cotton gin and grist mills, I want to discuss the elements of technology and culture as well as stories from history. Most of my deviations from history come in extra episodes like this one, so today we're going to look into part of the musical heritage of Georgia. This is a Moving Through Georgia Extra shape note singing. To begin, I don't have a musical bone in my body. When I was young, my grandmother passed away and my parents brought her piano home. As the youngest, it was easiest for my mom to convince me to try piano lessons, and I was terrible at it. So I come to this with zero musical background. If you have a comment or a correction or just want to point out something I got drastically wrong, movingthroughgeorgia at gmail.com. Shape note notation was a way for rural congregations to learn new songs fairly easily. Think about the sound of music. Pretty much any song can be sung with seven notes. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, and do. If you can sing those seven notes, you can sing a song. To write the song down and pass it along to others, you can write the song in those terms. I mean, you could actually write do, mi, fa, so, re, to write out a song. Or you could assign a distinct shape to each note, and that makes shape note singing. It took me a few tries to figure this out until I heard some people actually doing it. Here is a song sung in those seven notes. Now just imagine if you change the notes to words, you have an actual song. Lots of sheet music will show the notes for each song on a staff and the note head will be the specific shape. This is so the singer can distinguish half notes, quarter notes, or whatever. But I have seen pictures of shape note sheet music that is just lines of shapes in groups of four. If you know which tone goes with each shape, you can sing the song. Also, this means that it's possible to sing in different keys without learning the song all over again. 
sopranos, altos, and baritones could theoretically sing from the same sheet music. In 1801, a book was published called The Easy Instructor, which used, in this case, four shapes for the seven notes of the scale. Some people still sing that way, but a lot of people have seven shapes for the seven notes. The most popular songbook in the United States is called The Sacred Harp, which, by the way, does not involve playing the harp. In a sacred harp sing, the tenors, basses, altos, and trebles sit along different sides of a square. The audience is encouraged to sing along, and anyone is invited to come to the center of the square and lead a particular song. This type of singing has a unique sound. The tenors carry the melody, while altos and sopranos might sing the tenor line an octave or two higher. There's also a distinct Celtic influence brought by Protestant immigrants from Ireland. Music teachers would travel the South, mostly in late summer and autumn, and set up short music schools at a church. These might last a week or so and involve the congregation learning the basics of shape note singing and building a choir. Songs were sold through mail order, but they were also passed from congregation to congregation at camp meetings, homecomings, and revivals. Sometimes you see Sacred Harp singers moving their arms up and down, almost in a chopping motion to keep time with the music. There's a 2003 movie called Cold Mountain with Nicole Kidman that shows an entire church congregation singing with their arms moving simultaneously to keep time. That's shape note singing. After the Civil War, the concept of shape note singing expanded into African-American churches. In 1934, The Colored Sacred Harp was published, which included more music on the call-and-response method and which also was influenced by early spirituals. And yes, of course, you can still hear shape note music today. North Georgia School of Gospel Music in White County opened in 1982 and continues to teach shape note singing. There are a few sacred harp groups in Atlanta, and during the COVID lockdowns, some sacred harp groups began zinging, singing on Zoom. There is a lot to shape note singing, and it's something that needs to be experienced more than explained. To me, the best part of that tradition, whether it's sacred harp or another, is that it's meant to be shared, not just listened to. Many groups that practice shape note singing are very open and accept people of any level of singing ability. The experience is in the participation. One particular quote I read was from a fellow who said he loved singing this way. He said he would travel a thousand miles to sing with a shape note group, but wouldn't cross the street to just sit and listen to it. 